This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air. You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is the program called Homeopathy with Heidi. And it's our pleasure, as always, unfortunately not to have in the studio, but to have on the phone because of this COVID uh, lockdown, Heidi Beck from Thrive Homeopathy. How are you going, Heidi? I'm very well. Thank you very much, Ken, for having me. And I really do appreciate your time and our listeners' time to tune in today um, as we talk a bit about how lockdown has increased social anxiety in our young people, children and youth. Yeah. Now, before we get there, just remind our listeners uh, why you are called Thrive Homeopathy. Well, because I like to see my clients thrive mentally, emotionally and physically, and I do that using mainly homeopathic medicines, and I find that works very well. And, yeah, I just thought that goes hand in hand, homeopathy and a desire to help people thrive. Now, I know you've got a big client base, but that must put a bit of a constraint on you because in level four and perhaps in level three as we're moving forward, um, how do people get to see you? Well, in the meantime, Ken, it's it's really um, adapting to technology and modern times. We all have to be adaptable. And so more and more clients are now uh, consulting with me via FaceTime, Google Meet, Zoom. So all these modern technology forms are working, and they're working very well, as long as you can see the person so Mm -hmm. that you still get a a sense of body language and facial expressions, and they might be able to show you the the eczema or whatever. So it does work. It's not ideal. Um, I do prefer having someone face-to-face in my clinic, but if it won't work, then we do it online. And if they need a homeopathic remedy, you can still get that to them? Well, um, I can leave it in my letterbox for, you know, all the people in, in the vicinity and they just walk mm-hmm. past, often walking their dogs and so it's contactless uh, pickup. And um, if I go to the supermarket, there's the letterbox so I can post the remedies that I have here to my clients. So that seems to work as well. And for all my overseas clients, like the ones in the U.S. or Australia, they get their remedies themselves, um, order it online, for example, in the U.S. So, yeah, yeah. it it all works. All all bases covered. All bases covered, but face-to-face is obviously just not possible at the moment. Absolutely Mm. right. Okay, now today we're going to talk about an increase in social anxiety, particularly with children and youth. But I don't know one person at the moment who isn't feeling some sort of stress. So, uh, I mean, it's bad enough for us adults. Uh, We tend to overlook children, don't we? We think, oh, yeah, kids are all right. But let's talk about that. Well, I I feel also that um, children especially, they feed off the energy of their environment Mm -hmm. and the the parents who are supposed to, you know, give them that security, that sense of security. But how can we pass that on if we are anxious ourselves? Because there is a, a real threat to our health. There's a threat to our financial stability, uh, job losses, job cuts. Um, so all the anxiety and pressure that adults are feeling will automatically filter down to the children and there really isn't that much that you can do about it. That energy is just there. So they don't know how to deal with it, and they don't know how to express it as well. And so then they start retreating, and they're just slight changes. And 
often you don't recognize it through a single um, change, mm. but it's an accumulation of little things. So it's not one specific change. I was just doing some uh, reading before uh, we came to air. And uh, I'll just run some of the bullet points past and you can maybe answer these questions that uh, uh, we might notice a change, particularly in young people and children uh, having trouble going to sleep. So so how do we get around that uh, with a homeopathic remedy? What do we do for that? Well, um, as I've always said, with homeopathy, there is no one remedy to fit um, one issue. Mm-hmm. So not going to sleep, we have fabulous remedies to help there, but it still is sort of the question... Why aren't you going to yeah. sleep? So I would be asking, what's happening? Um, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about what happened today? Like going over conversations, going over problems, going over arguments over and over in your head and thinking, what could I do and say differently? Or are you worrying and anticipating about tomorrow and maybe having to at an exam or talk to someone that you don't know or, you know, just something new that you're nervous about? Mm-hmm. Or is it um, a worry about something specific like um, your health, you know, of getting sick? Yeah. And even children have these nuances and differences. So it's really about figuring out, um, is it a general known anxiety or fear of something that, you know, you can name? Or is it just the ghosts and that insecurity or um, of a burglar coming in at night and harming you? So these are all the kinds of questions I would let that child express why he's not falling asleep or staying asleep. And you say that one size doesn't fit all, but I would guess at this, at this time in particular in our, in our history that yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are nervous right across the whole board about one thing in particular. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it is it uh, one remedy which you might say, hey, look, okay, without going into a, a holistic uh, overview yeah. of what's yeah. what's wrong with you, this will help. Is it one of those or yes. not? We do. We do have a remedy that is um, pretty much on the top of our list, and that's a big remedy for um, anxiousness, mm-hmm. restlessness. So you you just can't get comfortable. You're always fidgeting, nervous, and it, everything seems to be a bit worse midnight to two o'clock so that would be the time when you wake and possibly have bad dreams you're very tired and you're extremely worried about money and health and that really fits the whole current um, COVID situation the whole lockdown situation Um, it it ticks lots of (laughs) lots of boxes lots of boxes there yes so that would be one one of the main remedies um, that we use. I'll, I'll name it. It's arsenicum, yep. album, mm-hmm. and a potency in a 30C. I usually don't tend to name remedies because I don't want people just going out there and, and you know, taking too many remedies. Because yep. if you take remedies that you do not need, you won't have side effects, but you can create symptoms of that remedy. We call it proving. Mm. And so we have had people that just hear of something and get the remedy, whatever it might be, off the shelf and take it, think it's not helping, so let's take some more and take some more. And then they actually create symptoms, which will go away as soon as you stop the remedy. It might take two or three days. Mm. 
So let's say this remedy is not the right one for you, and you were to take it, then you might become anxious and restless and, and very tired and have bad dreams. But as soon as you stop, it would go away. Now, I know that a lot of our young people are heading in towards exams at this time of year. Yes. And uh, mm. if they're anything like me, I was just hopeless at school. I was useless. And <laughs> I, I, I just said this big thing. I couldn't concentrate. I was always looking around and looking out the windows. Uh, is, that, is that a big deal with uh, young people today when they're going into something which is critical really for their future? What, what can well, you do about I, that? Yeah. I think because of the, the whole lockdown and social isolation, um, you just start losing a bit the social interaction, the motivation, and that, that drive to, you know, your friends and peers, they, they sort of push and pull you along, and mm. now you're all by yourself trying to yes. study, and um, there's not that much stimulation. And so you just start um, retreating and disengaging more and more, and then all of a sudden tasks, and things become, well, I'd say like the fly on the wall becomes the elephant in the room. Yeah. You know, it, it just gets bigger and bigger because you can't um, deflate it if you're all by yourself. Your mind just keeps going. So we have lots of remedies that will help with anticipation anxiety really well. And I've given several, um, especially to students before their exams, and that really has helped, or athletes before a competition, when they have a lot of, um, you have to repeatedly go to the toilet mm -hmm. over and over and urinate. But then there's another remedy that has lots of anticipation with uh, trembling nervousness and a lot of worry, what if, what if can go wrong. Yeah. And there would be butterflies in your stomach and more diarrhea. So that would be a different remedy as opposed to the one where you have to run and urinate all the time. Yeah. So again, we, we differentiate what is going on for you personally, because each and every person will experience these life circumstances or, or pressures differently. Now, I know particularly with the young people that I know, in fact, uh, even though you might be at home with your parents and the rest of your family, uh, there is a, a huge feeling of isolation because you know, yeah. young people like to be around their peers. You know, they live for exactly. their peers in some cases. So, so what's, what are some of the good coping tools that we can use when we feel isolated, even though we're in a room full of people? Yes, that, that is the thing. We, I think um, speaking more openly about emotions and feelings and learning to express them safely and secure. And I think also as, as parents, to say I'm scared or I'm nervous and teaching your children how you, how to deal with it. Um, when we were raising our children, I said to my husband, we shouldn't always just have a discussion or an argument when the kids are in bed and pretend everything is happy-go-lucky. Mm. Um, we're different people. We have different opinions. Let's teach them how to have a disagreement and how to um, deal with things that don't go right all of the time. And I think that will help give them that strength when they're confronted with adverse situations in their life to deal with it. So I think that is even more important now uh, because that peer interaction is missing. Yeah. And so I think we have to learn to be just a bit more open and honest and talk more and and do things together. 
Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of matters can be resolved just by talking, just like you say. Yeah, yeah. And seeing, hey, um, I've made mistakes, I'm the adult, but hey, like, I've fixed it, so it's okay. You can make mistakes, and you have to make mistakes, and you have to have fear, and you have to have joy, and you have to be a little bit anxious sometimes to be excited on the other. Everything goes hand in hand. Yeah. But right now, I feel with um, all this COVID, it's just fear, fear, fear. Indeed. And isolation, isolation. And the other part is a bit lacking. Yeah. And that's causing more and more... Um, yeah, disengagement because children just don't have those social skills and opportunities to express themselves. And there are studies that the more confident children are and the more connection they have, the less likely they are to, to be anxious. And through isolation, lockdown, for example, the confidence and the connection to others is reduced so anxiety levels will go up. And it's also those children who are very caring and very compassionate. They really feel everything more intensely. So their anxiety is going up um, more than, you know, children who are just a bit happy-go-lucky and robust. So I think that's something for parents to also be aware of. If your child is very caring and compassionate, yeah, just maybe tune in a bit more and check out how are you doing, you know, how can I help? And yeah. yeah. Now, and I guess another thing that goes hand in hand with social anxiety is uh, eating disorders, either, you know, binge eating or not eating. Yes. Yeah. Because that is something you can control, right? Mm-hmm. That's something that is tangible, right? It's, it's, sometimes it'll give you pleasure and joy if you have your lollies and your chocolate and you get that, that sugar rush and you get that good feeling. So if you're isolated and you're not getting that much joy and interaction by eating, especially all that bad stuff, you get that sense of, wow, I've done something good for myself and it's pleasure. So, yeah, that is important um, aspect to to consider and to observe, you know. Or are they retreating, disengaging and not eating at all, yeah. I think also part and parcel of getting through uh, what we're going through at the moment, and uh, we had a little bit of a chat before we came to where, and you were, you've got it in place at your place because you've got your whole family there. Uh, you, you need a structure in your life, don't you? You need to yeah. have a structure yeah. every single day rather than just saying, mm, what are we going to do today? Why yeah. is that important? Why is structure important? Well, I feel, um, again, it's, it's for different people, um, and some children are very sensitive to routine and structure and they will only be, you know, wearing the want to wear the same clothes. They only want to have the same kinds of food. They don't want to try different things. So these children are, are quite anxious, and these are the carb children uh, that need that remedy. Mm-hmm. And now with lockdown, all of a sudden, their sense of routine familiarity has just gone out the window. So they start get really anxious and very nervous and. And it's really important to find that structure within your lockdown situation. Um, You know, we meet at the same time for breakfast and we all wander off and then we'll have our morning tea break or our lunch break. And so is it 12? And um, that just helps give that rhythm, you know. And 
the other problem is that the children are often staying up longer and longer at night uh, playing on their video games because mm-hmm. they don't necessarily have to get up at the same time yeah. or they can they can do the homework in the PJs. Like, who cares? So, yes. um, for children who are really sensitive to order and structure that gives them a sense of security, as parents, um, that would be important to sort of emphasize and, and you know, say, no, no, we're going to get up, we're going to brush our teeth, we're going to get dressed, and we're going to have breakfast together, as we always do, and then you're going to do your homework and, you know, just enforce that routine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, even I, I mean, I, I hate sleeping in. To me, a sleep in is uh, if I was staying in bed till 6 o'clock in the morning, that's a sleep in because I, I believe that the morning is the best part of the day anyway. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I just like to get up and know exactly what I'm going to be doing. Not, obviously not the same thing every day, but I do, and it does come from the adult to the child, doesn't it? So you have to... It does, yeah. And yeah. I think parents just really, especially at this time, have to be aware. Um, and as I say, not everyone is the same. You know, some some people really deal and thrive on change and um, find structure, routine, limiting and boring. But um, if your child is a bit more structure orientated, always wants to plan, always wants to know what's happening next, well, then it's important to to enforce that during lockdown as well. Keep it. Mm. Now, you lightly touched uh, a bit earlier on uh, sensitivity in children, and I guess this could apply to adults. Uh, you know, oversensitivity is uh, the bullet point I read a bit earlier. Um, yeah. What are some of the signs of people being uh, too sensitive or maybe not even sensitive enough about what's going on around them? Yeah, that's, that's another one, but the total disengagement. Yes. Which is also a form of protection, and I do hear from people who disengage oh, I retreat into my shell, into my cave. And then when you ask, so why is that? And what does that cave mean for you? Well, it's it's a sense of security and um, hiding and safety. So as a homeopath, you just let people talk and always ask, tell me more, tell me more, and go deeper and deeper into their understanding and actions and reactions and sensations of, of what they're experiencing to understand on a deeper level how you can help them and the physical consequences of how they're feeling emotionally. So it could be, you know, as I said earlier, the, the tummy upset or that constant tingling in your tummy or then the diarrhea or the tension holding on could be then constipation, for example, or the migraines. So some people will retreat and the others become too sensitive and too open to everything around them because their central nervous system is just so heightened and so alarmed that they they feel everyone else's energy, which isn't healthy and, and good for you either. So we do have remedies for both scenarios. Yeah. And it's really important to take the time in a homeopathic consultation and sit with that child, with the parent. And often, depending on the age, I will have the parent tell me from their perspective what's going on, a little bit about the history, the health history of the child, the life circumstances and the personality. Mm -hmm. But then it's also important to let the child talk and express themselves. And if um, the child's a bit older, maybe from age seven, eight, um, onwards, often the parent will go out for a few minutes and 
I sit with the child and just say, well, tell me about that dream or tell me what's going on in your body and how do you feel that when you get really nervous or, or anxious? And, um, yeah, that, that gives me huge insight into what remedy to prescribe and what dosage and strength of the remedy. Now, you touched on it uh, again a bit earlier, but I couldn't believe it during the last lockdown when we locked down for nearly five weeks because I'm very much a people person. I like being in crowds. I hate being yeah. on my own. I, I would never go anywhere that there wasn't people. But I know people who loved being in a lockdown uh, level four yeah. Um, and they didn't want it to end almost. And uh, even weeks or months afterwards, I said, wow, it's so good to be away from that. And they said, oh, no, I just loved it. Is that a yeah. form of escapism? That they're, they're, are, they, are those people? Uh, I would say, yeah, uh, because that gave them the security and the okayness uh, possibly to be quiet and to be alone and it's acceptable and there was no pressure to go out and yeah, maybe to exist in that um, environment of social pressure, you can just plod on and, and take it a bit more easily, which is lovely. But I think overall we are social human beings yes. and should be able to interact. I think if it lasts on and on that you don't want to interact, probably not that ideal either, is it? Any no. extreme probably isn't ideal. I don't know whether you've noticed, but uh, the first time around, there was a huge sense of community. You know, everyone who walked past our house, we live in, in uh, Church yeah. Road, everyone everyone waved to you and said, hey, you're going and stopped and had yeah. a bit of a chinwag. But this time around, uh, I do a bit of running, and I have noticed that that interaction or that, you know, it, it's not the same. People aren't so um, interactive anymore. H- have you noticed that? I mean, are we over it, or is it, are we now feeling much more anxious this time around than last time? I feel that the, the scaremongering in general has just elevated. Mm. And, um, I, like, I still don't understand why people are walking with masks in the fresh air mm. when there is absolutely no other person around. Go out, enjoy the fresh air, the oxygen. Definitely wear the mask when you're close to, to one another or passing someone. But why would you be wearing the mask when you're all alone? On the beach, you know, it just yeah. doesn't make sense to me, and that shows how much anxiety is there. Or even people um, driving their cars in their car on oh their yeah, own with their mask on, yeah. Alone in your car with a mask. Um, why? <laughs> yeah. But that just shows there's so much angst out there that, um, yeah, that's alarming, and I do think that this time around. It's more, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we're just about out of time. We've only got time for your thought for the week. What is it? Well, talking about fear, um, how about saying that the only real prison is fear and the only real freedom is freedom from fear. So my thoughts to that is we just have to stay positive and with a good outlook and do what we can to be as healthy as we can and then, you know, take day by day and try and keep that fear small, as small as possible. Well said. And if we need any help from you, Heidi, uh, just remind our listeners, how do we get that help at the moment? Well, you can contact me on 021-335233. You can check out my website, thrivehomeopathy.co.nz, or send me an email. And, um, yeah, we can discuss further. I offer 15-minute free consultations if you are still questioning if homeopathy would be the right thing for you or your child. And, um, yeah, 
then I can only say, why not give it a go? There are no side effects. There's no risk. Just try it. Yes. Uh, I guess it's better than antidepressants, especially for a young child. Good on you, Heidi. As always, my pleasure. You look after yourself, and we'll talk to you same time, same place next time. Absolutely. Thank you. you. Stay safe, stay, stay well and positive, and um, enjoy the next song, Bridge Over Troubled Water yes, by Simon Arkasanko. This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air.